Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. As usual, we'll help you keep it running. That's because we get help from Dan Burns, who is an ASC certified technician at Lloyd's Automotive on beautiful Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Morning, Dan. Good morning. I was on that beautiful Grand Avenue. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, for folks that have never been to Lloyd's, I mean, it's you guys years ago. How many years did you get that remodeled? 19, kind of, 1998. So almost, 98. almost 20 years. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful building. Must be though. due for a paint job or something. No, no, huh? no, no, no. It's a beautiful building. <laughs> no, thank I mean, you. It kind of goes along with yeah. the whole Grand Avenue feel. You know, there. when we when we rebuilt it, actually, uh, luckily I was naive and had no idea what I was doing. But I had <laughs> I had a really good architect, and he actually won a, an award. No kidding. For our building, it was a uh, you know a, a historically significant you know. A building a building that historically fit into a a, a neighborhood mm-hmm. properly, and yeah. so uh, yeah, and and that's exactly right. In fact, if anything, I would I would criticize it about your driving along and you don't quite notice us. That's uh, true. It's, it's, uh, it's it does not, not look like it's a very car subtle. Shop. It's yeah. Very subtle. It yeah. kind of blends right in. Well, we had uh, Tony and I stop by with uh, uh, Sandy's new vehicle, yeah, the truck, and. and uh, I didn't get to work on it, no, which is well, not. I don't like that. That's, no, that's you're was, kind of you're kind of my baby, you know. I, I know that, <laughs> and uh, but it was the very yeah. I wanted you to be the one that it got its first oil change. Yeah, now, I did it early because I wanted to get that new oil out of there. Yeah, is that is I'm being silly about yeah, that? Yeah, but that's okay. That's who you are. <laughs> you just go with it, like you know. Car repair is an awful lot about how it makes you feel. That's true. And so if it makes you feel right, then that's exactly what you should do. And now, the, 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 so many manufacturers are recommending, yeah, you don't have to get a change for 10,000 miles. I'm, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm not either. And uh, and some people, or some of the manufacturers will recommend that on the first oil change, and I'm especially not comfortable with that. Yeah. So, so. I talked to Marv, who uh, you scheduled to, right. to, to do that. So we're, we're thinking maybe... Maybe another seven thousand or something. Well, five, yeah, I think or five. Or five. Is, I think five would be okay. more comfortable for you. Yeah, and uh, but and with, and, and it, <laughs> with the way Sandy drives, that's a long time. It, it could be, yes. <laughs> uh, using synthetic, yeah. But I'm still amazed at uh, the truck engine. Evidently, it's okay because the manufacturer recommends zero to twenty viscosity. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, that's uh, that has all to do with the the. Development and the quality of motor oils it it run it works great on that in fact, and the, it uh, works great for a couple of reasons. One is in cold weather it starts like you know the the oil is is remains very thin in cold weather, so it starts great, and it lubricates just great when it's warm, and there's less resistance, so it's about gas mileage. Okay, that's, that's why they're trending towards these really light viscosity oils but uh and they're working i mean it's it's great i there's no reason not to use them and and as always i say i am not as smart as the engineers that are building these things so i am perfectly willing to do what they recommend what they recommend yeah i'm not going to try and outsmart them I'll tell you what, let's open up the phone lines and text line. If you have uh, a, a car care question, you want to talk to uh, Dan Burns, 
He'll give you the advice, and at least you'll be armed with some uh, some more information maybe you did not have before you bring it into your favorite dealer or your favorite shop. 651-989-9226. Keep in mind that Dan will be here till about 745, about another half hour, so don't wait. If you have a question, you'd like to get it answered. 651-989-9226. If it's easier to send a text, do that. 81807. 81807. Text just came in. Uh, here's a 2010 Edge. Replaced the rear pads because they were squeaking. Now the new pads are squeaking. No metal rubbing. Can cheap pads do this? Am I missing something? You are. And yes, they can. And, uh, you know, I describe uh, a brake squeak as if you think of an old vinyl record and the needle is rubbing on the record. And that's, what, of course, what's making the sound. And it's just the same way on the brakes. If the pads are not happy with the surface area of the brake rotors, when you put them together and apply pressure, they make a noise. And the only way to fix it is to change the surface area of both. And if your brakes are nearly worn out, the right answer is to uh, replace the pads and rotors. If they're not worn out and you want to save some money, then what we would do is resurface the rotors, put a different type of pattern on it. Uh, if they're not too thin, we'll actually put them on the lathe and machine them. If they are getting too thin, then we'll just use a, a whizzy wheel and, and put a different uh, swirl pattern on them. And if we do that uh, and replace the pads, then oftentimes... and there's another thing that you have to do is lubricate all the back of the brake pads with the silicone grease and the calipers and the slides, and it all needs to be lubricated properly also okay. to uh, help with the noise. But it's just a resonance that's happening in there, and, and uh, the only way to get rid of that is to stop the, the vibration. You know, it's, okay. I say resonance because it's a really, really fast vibration, but, uh, but that's what makes the squeak. It's a good analogy with a vinyl disc. Yeah, it's a vinyl. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, you know those well. I do. <laughs> One of yeah. the few people left. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, we've got we've got texters coming in. We've got uh, callers. To Dennis, we need to take a break. I think though, don't we? Yeah. Let's do that. And we come back. Uh, you guys uh, on the line. Hang on. We're going to uh, do you first. Then we'll jump back into the text line. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Text is 81807. It's the CCO's Car Care Show. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Danny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Dan, we have callers. We have texters. So let's uh, let's get to it. Who's first? Uh, Earl is calling from St. Paul. Uh, thanks, Earl. What's your question, please? question is, I have a 2002 Ford Taurus, and um, when I crank it up, when I start the car up and drive, I can't get it, uh, I, oh, okay, let me start again, when I crank it up in park, I can't get the lever to come down and drive, I have to turn the engine off, and then turn the key a certain place, and I can pull it down in neutral, and then I can crank it up and put it in drive. Okay, Dan, what do you think is going on? There? Well, there's a, there's uh, an inter, an interlock system for safety that is uh, on yours is either not adjusted correctly or or wearing out. And uh, when you in, when when you go to um, when you start the car and you and you go to shift the car, 
you have to have your foot on the brake. And of course, the way that it knows that your foot is on the brake is is it uses a, uses the brake light switch, and uh, that you know the brake lights come on, and and along with that. If you listen carefully when that happens, you'll hear that, that there's a click where the interlock is actually moving a solenoid and releasing the, the gear shifter. And for some reason, yours isn't doing that correctly. And just like you said, if you hold the key in a certain position and put your foot on the brake and get it into neutral, then, then it will do it properly. But something in that interlock system at any rate on your car is not working properly. One thing that you could check yourself and it would just be in, uh, you know, the information that would be helpful would be when you're going, when you start the car and you're going to shift, uh, <clears throat> see if the brake lights are on. And one one thing that you can do is, you know, back up to your garage door so that you can actually see the, the reflection. See the reflection. But, uh, but the, you know, practice and, and see if if when the car acts up, if the brake lights are not on, then that's telling. Uh, and... Uh, that, you know, then probably what would need to happen is a brake light switch will need to be replaced because intermittently uh, it's not allowing that, that solenoid to okay. move. If the lights aren't on, the solenoid won't move either. And then bring it in if that's the case. And then bring it in, yeah. Okay. Or, or they're actually pretty simple to replace. Oh, is that right? If, yeah, oh, if, you're, okay. if you're handy at all, you could uh, replace that brake light switch. Okay. Yeah. All right, there you go, Earl. Good luck with that. Thanks for the call. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Christine is calling from Hastings with a question. Hi, Christine. Hi. Um, I have a question about a two thousand five Chevrolet Impala. Um, the mass airflow sensor went bad, so I replaced it twice actually because both of the parts were bad apparently. And I got a third one, and it seemed to be fine. Um, but the dashboard light um, to indicate it was bad continued to stay on after the third one mm-hmm. was replaced. It, but now after about three or four months, it's gone off. Can I assume that everything's okay? The car's running okay? So yeah. yeah, if the car's running okay, and what you're talking about, I'm sure, is the check engine light. And yeah. uh, when you replace that sensor, it will not automatically shut off that light, you know, the, oh, the day. Okay. It, it's, that's very normal. The car has to go through a series of tests on okay. on on a number of different drive cycles and it needs to pass that test a number of times. And after it's passed that test, then it will shut the light off and say, okay, I'm happy. Everything is fine. If you were to, if you would have brought the car into a shop uh, after you replaced that sensor, they would have shut the light off for you. And you know, you would have immediately known that that everything was fine. But to answer your question, as long as that light has gone out, as long as the car is running good and uh, as long as the light stays out, you can be safe. You can feel safe driving it. Everything is just fine. Good. Every right. time you drive, right. every time you drive the car, it goes through a number of self tests on a whole bunch of different components. And as long as that light, st- as long as the warning light stays out, that means that it passed its self tests and everything is happy. All right. Good. Good news, Christine. Yeah. Thanks for the call. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. A texter kind of backing up on our oil chat. A texter says, with synthetic oil, how long between oil changes? We've talked about that from time to time. Yeah, whatever the manufacturer recommends. Okay. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. No more than the, than the manufacturer recommends. Uh, if, they, if they're saying, you know, a 5,000-mile change interval or a 7,500-mile change interval, don't go any longer than that. I think that's pushing it to the limit. Read the manual. Read the manual, yeah. Do okay. what it says. 
I, I know you can't recommend a brand, I don't think, but uh, the texture is speaking of oil. What's the difference between Mobile One Synthetic and Pennzoil Synthetic? Which one would you recommend? Um, I don't know anything about Pennzoil. Well, I'll tell you what. Oil has evolved, and uh, my understanding is now I, I'm just as just the you know the gossip through the sure. neighborhood, so I don't have any scientific data to back this up. But my understanding is that Mobile One is the only 100% synthetic motor oil. In other words, the <clears throat> molecules in Mobile One are all identical, small and shaped properly, and just the way you want oil to be. However, because the refining process has gotten so good, even conventional motor oils are now mostly synthetic. No kidding. Well, and by synthetic, what I would say is the molecules on conventional oil are uh, mostly perfectly shaped and uh, just the way that you want them to be to lubricate your engine. So you almost can't miss anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, That's with, good with any of the branded motor oils. But uh, you know, the rumor is, or what I've heard in the market is that Mobile One is the one that it is. You know, it was the it was the leader in the industry in synthetic oil, and as I understand it, it's still uh, the the only one that is a hundred percent synthetic. Very good. So, well, there's your answer. Yeah. All right. Uh, tell you what, I know we have to take a break here. We've got the callers. To hang on the line. Texters will get back too. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Text eight one eight zero seven. This is CCO's Car Care Show. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play it. Good Saturday morning to you. Seventy one, as I said, our Twin City temperature reading. We're in the midst of our Car Care Show, and uh, Dan Burns. We've got callers, we have texters, but I want to ask folks who who maybe want to head over to Lloyd's. I know you're open today. You are. generally are yeah. on Saturdays. I'll probably work for a while this oh, okay. morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where, do, where do we find you guys? We, I will be at 982 Grand Avenue, which is right between Lexington and Victoria on Grand Avenue. Or you can find us on our, the web uh, with our new uh, website, yeah. Lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-I-D-S, Lloydsautomotive.net. Or give us a call. Jim will be there this morning, 651 228 one six. Excellent. Off we go to the phones, Dan. Bruce in Bloomington has been waiting. Thank you, Bruce. What's your question for Dan? Well, good morning, Dan and Denny. Morning. See, I, I just have a quick question. Maybe you can help me understand. It's the first time I've had a car with climate control. See, if I turn off the climate control and I have the outside vent on, the air coming through those vents is cooled as if the air conditioning's on, but I don't have the air conditioner on. How does that work? Well, it could be on. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, the only way to know for sure if the air condition if the air is on or off is if you actually go out and look at the compressor and see that it's not running. Sometimes on those air conditioning, the climate control things, there's a button to turn off the air conditioning compressor, and uh, if you turn off the compressor, then then uh, that would probably take care or be sure that it's taken care taken care of also. Well, there's but, a blue light. That says air conditioning, and this blue light is off. Is off. Yeah. yeah. Well, then, and again, if you go look at the air conditioning compressor, and if the compressor is not actually turning, then I don't know where it's getting its cool from. But if the compressor's, if the center part of the compressor is not turning, then the air conditioning is absolutely not on, 
and uh, there's no reason for it to be cool. All right. Thank you. you All right, Bruce. Very good. Sometimes if you have the air conditioning on and then you shut it off and your fan is still on, it'll oh, yeah. be cool. It'll for cool a while. for a while. Yeah. yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. yeah. John in Minneapolis is next on the phone. The thank you, John. What is your question? Oh, yes, I've got a van. I got a new battery and I got a new alternator. And it um, left me um, dead. It's totally dead. No headlights, no horn, nothing. So I got it to shop and I got it hooked up. Uh, see what's draining the battery. I got it completely dead. So you're wondering why the battery is going dead? Is it when the car sits that the battery goes dead? Yeah, when the car sits. Yeah. After I've done my days and stuff, I come home, shut it off, and the next day I go out, um, it's completely dead, no headlights, nothing. Yeah. Well, something on the car is staying on, and it can sometimes be tricky to figure out what it is exactly that's staying on. If it's a, a, a relay, if it's a sensor, if it's, I mean, it could be any any of hundreds of things. The process that we use to uh, repair that is we put an amp meter in series uh, between the battery and the battery cable and see how much how much amperage the car is drawing, and it should be almost none when the car is is shut off. Yours obviously is is a significant number, and then we'll start disconnecting things. Uh, it's oftentimes easiest to start at the fuse box and start pulling fuses one at a time until that. Uh, draw goes away, and then at least we know what circuit the uh, problem is on. And oftentimes, just uh, you know, once we know the circuit, then then oftentimes that'll tell us where to look and and uh, what it is. But at any rate, uh, you'll probably have to get some help on that, and unless you can just coincidentally disconnect some stuff or, or unplug stuff. Or one thing that you could look for is. Is there a trunk light that's staying on or are the interior lights staying on? I mean, if it's a light bulb, you'll see it. If it's anything else, you probably won't. Yeah. So if it's anything else, you'll probably have to get some help. And and uh, sometimes you have to expect to spend a little bit of money on that because sometimes it takes a while to do the zero, detective to zero yeah. in on what it exactly is. Yeah. But, uh, but at any rate, it cer- certainly can be fixed. And oftentimes the uh, solution or the repair is actually not very much money. Yeah. It's the problem. It's the hunting the, usually it's the finding it's <laughs> the issue. All right, John, good luck with that. Thank you. Uh, text message says this, uh, 99 Monte Carlo P0742 code, TCC, switch or bad converter. I don't know what that means. Well, it's the torque, torque converter ah. in, in the clutch. And often, oftentimes it's the over, you know, when you're driving down the highway and it goes into overdrive. It's the lockout or the lockup, so it makes it direct drive. And uh, probably what's happened is that switch is no longer working. In other words, it's not, it's not going into overdrive when you're driving down the highway. And so uh, on, an old, on an old car, if it's something you want to deal with, uh, you can take it in and they will test the switch. That's probably what it is. It's probably the switch that would need to be replaced, but but they need to test that to be sure first and – and once, or if it's uh, if it's an old car and you don't want to spend any money, then you could simply just ignore it. And, ignore it. And if the car's working okay, it'll be fine. 
Texter wants to know, what is a, quote, normal oil temp on a hot summer day? My car read 221 degrees yesterday. Yeah, that's a little warm, but uh, engines do run pretty warm nowadays. That's the reason that a radiator cap, you know, the, if you go to take the radiator cap off when the car is hot, it'll explode all over you, and yeah. that's why there's warnings all over it. But the system is pressurized, and just like a pressure cooker in the kitchen— uh, the reason that they allow it to be pressurized is because it ri- raises the boiling point, and uh, they want the engine to run warm. So, two twenty on a car is uh, on a hot day is probably probably pretty normal. Yeah, okay. it's up there, but that's probably normal. Dexter says I have a two thousand nine Honda Accord that burns one quart of oil every one thousand miles. Should I continue to change the oil or just change the filter every five thousand? Also, would uh, changing oil from 520 to another help? Probably not. It's just getting older and burning some oil. No, you need to keep changing your oil. Uh, sure. Uh, by adding by adding oil, or the oil that it's burning is the good oil, and what's getting left is the bad oil. Oh. <laughs> so you want and to change. So you, need to, you for sure need to drain that bad oil out from time to time on normal oil change intervals. And, uh, and they, you know, oil filters... Uh, are not as efficient as we would like them to be. They really? do, they do not catch all the debris that they need to catch, and that's just a fact. You need to change them. You need an oil filter, but uh, but they just don't. Uh, under so many different conditions, the oil filter actually goes into bypass, and uh, it's not filtering. It's not all filtering. The, not filtering all the oil anyway. Is it true? It seems to me anyway, and you know obviously because you work on cars all the time. That those spin-on filters are becoming fewer and fewer. It seems like the manufacturers are going to like an element. Right. Inside. Is that true? It is. That is. Well, uh, yeah. It's, it's, there's 50, lots. 50 On your cars, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, and they're getting so small. Yeah. And you, you, I'm sure you noticed on your oil filter this week. It's tiny. There's just nothing to it. No. And so, and like I say, in so many conditions, the the oil filter doesn't keep up anyway. And there's a bypass valve that it. You know that a spring valve that in the filter housing that that allows the oil to bypass anyway. So at any rate, that's another reason that you need to change your oil frequently. Often. Yeah. Two thousand two Dodge Ram fifteen hundred difficult to shift into park. Must try over and over. Well, uh, only because I know that vehicle. Oftentimes, those the cable, the actual shift cable, uh, starts to fray and get bad inside the housing. And if that's the case, then it's rubbing on the housing and it can be very difficult to shift it. Uh, one thing that I would warn you, if that's the case, if that's what exactly what you're describing, change that cable before it breaks because once it breaks, you're stranded, of course. Ooh, yeah. yeah. What happens, Texas says, uh, the cars that are driven a lot, like Uber, are the engines damaged more quickly? Well, mileage is a leading indicator of, of the wear and tear on an engine, how many miles you put on a vehicle. But uh, there's... The, two schools of thought is one, yes, you know, more miles wears an engine, but uh, but engines are meant to be driven. And so uh, an engine sitting all the time, uh, that's not good for it either. So somewhere in between is the right answer. But, you know, like I say, whenever you go to buy a car, the first thing they talk about is how many miles are on it because then they know how much it's been used that's and true. how much – in in our minds, we all have a, well, that car's worn out. I don't want a car with that many miles on it. I don't know what that number is. It's going up for sure. But, uh, but yeah, at some, at some point, uh, high mileage, is, you know, is, is, would scare people. 
Uh, this is our last text, and I know we have to let you go. Plastic inside side mirror broke, not the actual mirror. Can it be fixed? Probably not. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. You know, yeah. these people will be backing out of their garage, and they'll just touch oh, yeah. touch the side of the garage a little bit, and the, you know, everything still looks fine. But the uh, but or the mirror falls on you know the glass falls on the ground, and oftentimes when that happens, it breaks something. You know that some sort of mounting part of the mirror. So you have to and, replace the whole. Thing. And usually the whole mirror has to be replaced, and that's oftentimes can be very expensive. Very. They're electric and heated, and right. and oftentimes they have to be painted besides. Wow. So yeah, that can get complicated. Well, it's not complicated finding Lloyd's Automotive. How do we do that? It is not. We can. You can come on over to nine eighty two Grand Avenue on, on in St. Paul, right between Lexington and Victoria. You can find us on the web at Lloyd'sAutomotive.net. Or you can give us a call, 651-228-1316. See you next week, Dan. I'll be here. All right, good. Thanks very much. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.